Attention students, attention please. You are now listening to another Geeks Crossing podcast. I'm Principal Eric. And I am Mr. Matt. Here to give you all the best geek-related content you could ask for. (laughs) Thank you for joining us, Mr. Matt. And I have a conundrum for you. Ah, what is it, Principal Eric? What? What does school and Disney have in common? Hmm, school and Disney. Um, well, I can certainly think of maybe one period a day, perhaps after lunch, that I think both would have in common. (laughs) Or if you're Third Street Elementary, before lunch... (laughs) <laughs> that's um, right of course we're talking about recess yes underrated show from what i remember uh again we'll get into this today but <laughs> if you yeah. were a kid that grew up in the late 1990s early 2000s then chances are you've heard of this show yeah yeah this was one of disney channel's like greatest shows to offer in the 2000s kind of one of those shows that put it on the map with cartoon network and nick Great little time, creative concept, good characters, but we'll probably get into all of that. I mentioned a few times on this podcast, I'm a big Cartoon Network fan, but out of all the shows on Disney, Recess was what kept me infested. Like, that was the one show I could watch consistently because of how charming and unique the concept is. Oh, absolutely get that vibe. A group of kids from elementary school have many adventures during their stay at recess. Because, you know, when you think about recess, recess is that time of day where kids can run loose, have fun, and to an extent, let loose their imaginations. And this show takes that trope to the extreme. Oh, yeah. We get to see all sorts of the uh, little antics they get up to with their fellow classmates, both older and younger, plenty of kids in their grades. Uh, And of course, the teachers, the staff, and of course, the principal as well, always getting on their tails. So it's a good time. A lot of hijinks, you can imagine. And so many beloved characters. We, of course, have TJ who's always the mastermind of pranks, but he has a heart of gold. We have Vince, the jock, who's always competitive. We have Spinelli, the tomboyish tough girl. Gus, the weakling, who tries to toughen up. We have Gretchen, the girl who's also a science nerd. And last but certainly not least, Mikey, who's literally a gentle giant. (laughs) The adventures these six friends have during recess is just so charming and so wholesome that you can't help but be infested with it. Oh, yeah. As it really makes you feel like they're in your shoes. Yeah, I remember acting goofy all the time during recess, so I could relate to these kids. And needless to say, the show was a big success. So much so that it's earned its own theatrical release, Recess Schools Out, which released in 2001. Which means Recess Schools Out is officially 20 years old. Damn, Holy I feel old. cow, really? Yeah. Whoa, I didn't realize how old Recess was. Did it air in the 90s? Yeah, it aired in the late 1990s. I, I think did not 1997. Know that. Wow, I didn't know that. I thought it aired in the 2000s. Wow, that's wild. I can't believe the movie's 20 years old. I used to watch that movie all the time as a kid because I had it on VHS. Every summer, I would always watch that movie because of how great it was. And no joke, I think that movie is what got me into the show. That's very interesting because that might happen to me now. I watched Recess occasionally as a kid. Like, if you showed me the characters, I'd be able to recognize them from the show and whatnot. But I didn't really ever get super into it. So uh, it's on Disney Plus now, though. Maybe if I'm bored this summer, I can maybe start binging now that I've seen the movie. uh, Sadly, it's only the first three seasons. I did hear that. Yeah. How many seasons are there in total? Like four or five, right? 
Six. Oh, six. Oh, so it's only half the show. Dang. Disney Plus, what are you doing? That's how they get you. They're going to have to, like, slowly add them, and they'll be like, yo, now we have all of them. That's how these streaming services get you, man. So we figured, why not for this episode, we talk about the movie, and to see, does it hold up after all these years? Heck yeah, we're going to take a little walk down memory lane, and that actually works out. I, I, <laughs> I'm crazy with anniversaries and dates and stuff, so it is nice that it's kind of celebrating its 20th anniversary in a way. I mean, we did go over the 15th anniversary of Chicken Little in the last season. (laughs) True. So 20th anniversary of this movie. So next time we'll have to do 25th of something else. Something that came out in 96. We'll figure it out as we go. (laughs) I mean, that's what we do in this podcast. We figure things out as we go. Absolutely. At least in terms of our group discussions. But that's going off topic. Yes. Shout out to Keith and Nick. (laughs) <laughs> so I think we should start by explaining what the hell the movie's about. Okay, okay. You want me to do the honors? I would love for you to do the honors. So, it's summer vacation, and TJ is looking forward to spending the whole summer with his friends. Unfortunately, he finds out that all his friends are going to summer camp for the summer. Damn, I know how that feels. <laughs> so, obviously, TJ is bored, nothing to do, until he notices some freaky shit going on at the school. He sees these scary security guards, these strange scientists with a laser gun. And he sees their principal, a.k.a. Principal Prickly, getting dematerialized. Good on TJ for knowing that word in the fourth grade. <laughs> He's reading at a fifth grade level. A lot of craziness is happening at 3rd Street Elementary. And we soon find out that it's the work of an old colleague of Principal Prickly, who used to be the former head of the Board of Education, who wants to eliminate summer vacation. So TJ has to bring all his friends together and stop this crook, or else summer vacation will cease to exist. Stakes are high. I, I, I mean, we should say that pretty much the world will cease to exist. yeah we'll elaborate more on that later so yeah (laughs) in terms of movies that are adapted from tv shows it's not bad for a plot no no this is the kind of thing um you know i like it when movies based on tv shows have stakes that fit the show like the ed and eddie big picture show is a perfect definition of this which that we're gonna have to talk about at some point on this podcast you know it doesn't have them saving the world or going to the moon or something it's just you know it has them leaving town and all the characters are in it and like that kind of movie fits the show and recess schools out is another kind of movie that fits the show they're dealing with a problem with that being summer vacation that's believable like you have a feeling watching it like yeah okay this is the perfect stakes these are this is what those kids would worry about is losing summer vacation or as they say the ultimate recess (laughs) but yeah there's a lot of positives in this movie believe it or not i mean not just the plot that we just said but also the character development ideally from the adults because if you guys watch the show you know that faculties authority figures or hell just adults in general in that show are often seen as arrogant bitter no fun adults that's how basically all kids view as adults but here in this movie we actually see the adults go through some development like they're more genuine especially their principal yeah that's interesting i never really like i said i don't have a lot of experience with the show so was prickly kind of like well in, in lack of a better term was he kind of a prick in the show for the most part yeah Mm. But you can't really blame the guy. He was just doing his job. That is true. They it does seem like they were they were really throwing that guy to the mud. <laughs> you know. But at the same time, you can't really support the guy for calling them hoodlums or you know monsters or all that yeah. shit. As somebody who went to school for education, that is definitely a no go. 
<laughs> he even openly said in the movie that he hates his job. Yeah, that is usually another no-go for working with kids. But here in this movie, we actually see a different side of Prickly that made me respect him a lot more. Even though Prickly, quote-unquote, hates his job, he still yearns for the recess life when he was a kid. I mean, to an extent, being a principal gives him that feeling of, you know, being close to being a kid again. Because even though he can't physically be a kid again, he can at least be in that atmosphere that makes him yearn for his childhood. That was pretty cool. I liked how they, they did that. And part of this is due to the relationship he has with the film's antagonist, who, as we stated before, was the former head of the Board of Education who wants to eliminate Summer. And yeah. why does he want to eliminate Summer <laughs> so badly? Simple. He's concerned about test scores aren't improving enough. So how does he compensate? Well, he decides to use most of his budget to buy a giant tractor beam to blast the moon out of orbit and forcibly start another ice age, thus freezing the Earth, so that way, with the Earth frozen, kids will be stuck inside studying all day. Yeah, that's his whole fucking plan. Yeah, it is kind of a funky plan, uh, <laughs> all things considered. I think he mentions he wants test scores to go up so that the American public will like him, so that he can be president of the United States. Which, okay, hey. buddy, interesting way to do that. <laughs> I mean, hey, I'll give him credit for actually coming up with an elaborate plan, but bro... You're essentially destroying the ecosystem if you force the Earth into another ice age. Yeah, it, it's, uh, don't think he thought it very well through. <laughs> Whoa, was extra help sessions not a thing in recess? <laughs> you have to forcibly start another ice age? Well, you know what happened. He, he tried to cancel recess and the, the superintendent was like, nah, you can't do that. So <laughs> I guess he just thinks this is the only way. Despite how insane his plan is, that kind of makes me what I love about him. And I got to give credit to James Woods. He did an amazing job voicing him. I think he might be one of my favorite, uh, like, not, I, w- I don't want to say actors because I haven't seen him in a lot of stuff, but he was great as Hades and he was freaking great here. Like, he's got such a range. I love that guy's voice. He pretty much makes the movie, let's be honest. Yeah, he, he's like the reason. Like, oh, okay. Like, if you if you want to talk someone watching this movie, it's like, okay, it's pretty much recess, but it's an hour and a half and James Woods is there. That's the movie in a nutshell. <laughs> Another thing that I want to touch upon is also how the characters get involved with the plot. For the most part, TJ and his friends are the center of the movie, but as TJ gets captured by the quote-unquote ugly bald guy, we gradually get to see all the recurring and side characters get together for one big battle royale to save Third Street and stop this new Ice Age, which I think was actually pretty cool. Hmm. We not only do we have TJ and his friends, we have the freaking Guru Kid, the Upside Down Girl, the Swinger Girl, Lawson, the bully, fucking King Bob, Captain Brad, who is secretly Sid from Toy Story. <laughs> Almost every side and miscellaneous character you've seen from the show appears in this movie one way or another, which I thought was brilliant because it was like the ultimate accumulation of all these kids fighting for the same thing. Not only are they saving their fellow peer, but they're also saving summer vacation, which is the one time of year they look forward to the most. Yeah, man, absolutely. This Even the a, faculty a joined the final battle. <laughs> I liked that scene a lot, yeah. Like, all those boring-ass teachers, they're seen literally kicking ass, especially Miss Finster, who just beat the living shit out of the ugly bald guy. Yeah, I gotta let Benedict in on a little secret. <laughs> Students are not the only one who love summer vacations, so I think those teachers were just as motivated. <laughs> so, in the end, the tractor beam gets destroyed, Benedict is arrested, and TJ and his friends can finally enjoy summer vacation. Heck yeah, everyone's united again. Yeah, well, honestly, 
This is a pretty solid movie. I'm trying to think of any cons because I watch this movie every summer. So, of course, I'm going to say a lot of praise for it. Maybe the only cons I have are the puns. Like, yeah, Recess is a kid show. So, of course, most of the dialogue and jokes are going to be catered towards kids. But to be fair, it's not that bad. Yeah. Unlike Eric, I've only watched this movie once. Off the top of my head, I, was, I felt like Randall didn't do a whole lot. Was Randall a bigger character in the show? Because I feel like I remember him. Randall the Snitch. Yeah. That's Did what he they call him? Was he a bigger character in the actual show, though? Yeah, he was. Yeah, I feel like he didn't really have a lot for him to do. I mean, granted, he was with Miss Finster, which was granted some pretty funny scenes. But I don't know. He didn't really do much other than than that. But I guess what else do you expect him to do? He's a tattletale. But I guess one con I would actually say that kind of threw me off when I was watching is they almost set up a conflict very, very briefly where TJ convinces all his friends to leave camp. And then they see that, oh, nothing's going on at the school. You tricked us. You lied to us. And it almost feels like there's going to be this conflict between TJ, who's like lonely and like doesn't want to be left alone, and the rest of the kids. And then two seconds later, they're all just like, oh, no, wait, TJ was right. Yo, we got to go. And I, I loved it for what it meant for the story because it like got them to start spying and doing some cool stuff. But I wonder if that was like a little underutilized. Maybe the writers couldn't figure out a way to maybe write that conflict in. I don't know. But, you know, it all gets resolved at the end when they're all like, yeah, we're going to stay home and we're all just going to hang out. There's also one plot hole that I kind of want to establish. You say you didn't watch the show, so you're probably not going to know this. In season one, TJ says that he has an older brother, but in this movie, he has an older sister. It's possible maybe he has a like a, he has both. Maybe he has an older brother who like is at college or something. Yeah, but so, I don't know, that threw me off a bit. <laughs> I mean, it is common for TV shows to change up the lore as seasons progress. But I don't know, I just think it's a little weird how TJ mentioned his older brother once, and we haven't seen him in the entire show. But here in this movie, we get introduced to his older sister. So I was just wondering, like, does he actually have two siblings? Or do they feel like an older sister will be a more interesting dynamic? Uh, more realistically, I think probably the latter. I think they wrote themselves into a corner and they were just like, ah, nobody's going to remember that. We can make her a sister. But I guess if you want to have a happy lore, you can just say, ah, he just has two older siblings. You know, who's to, who's to say? And to be honest, we don't see Becky much in the show. Like, no joke. I think Becky was only introduced in the movie and she was only shown in the directed videos, TV specials, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's another con I have. I'm not saying it's bad. It's just a bit confusing with how they introduce a character for only one film, and then she quickly becomes irrelevant. Yeah, I kind of like their dynamic. I, I would I would have been interested to see more of that. You know, the older, the cool older sister annoyed by her pesky little brother. You can't go wrong with that. So that is, I guess, a little bit of a shame, too. You know, in many ways, I feel like Recess School's Out was meant to be the series finale. Mm. I don't remember by heart, but I think it was. But go figure. Like the SpongeBob movie, Nickelodeon decided to keep pumping out more SpongeBob. So Disney tried doing the same thing with Recess. <laughs> and unlike SpongeBob, who continues to be popular, the last few seasons of Recess bombed, sadly. Really? Even the... I, I know the, the specials bombed, but the, the show itself, like the seasons bombed too? Let's just say they didn't match the same charm or quality as the past seasons. Oh, no. Oh. Yeah, pretty much post-Recess School's Out was kind of like, you know, the dark zone of Recess. It's like post-movie Spongebob. <laughs> I, I vibe with that. So, of course, Disney tried to compensate by having the directed video sequels. Yeah, I was looking those up earlier. Apparently, like, James Earl Jones was in one of them. <laughs> 
and by direct-to-video sequels, I mean just two or three episodes from the show meshed together into one chronological movie or something. Like That's they so cheap. It is cheap because they pretty much recycled the same episodes and just try to make a story out of it. Oh my god. I can't believe that. It's so cheap. I mean, the only interesting one out of the three, I think there's three. I don't know. Maybe I'll look it up after we're done this episode. But we get to see what TJ and the others look like in kindergarten. <laughs> and Gus, as you know in the show, is that kid who's constantly moving everywhere. He apparently went to Third Street when he was in kindergarten before moving back in fourth grade. Well, ain't that convenient for the writers. I like to believe that's not canon because literally in that show, they never met Gus until he moved in for the fourth grade. I mean, you can argue that, hey, they were in kindergarten. Of course, they're not going to remember something from kindergarten. But at the same time, though, come on, can we just leave the lore the way it is? Yeah, the other ones were kind of a hit or miss. Well, mostly the recycled episodes. The other one was about TJ and the others struggling during the fifth grade. Basically, it was another rehash from the movie where the Board of Education wants to get rid of recess again, <laughs> but not as extreme as Benedict's plan. Just simply, oh, let's just sign this document that says recess is officially canceled. So TJ decides to take a stand and say, yo, I'm not going to school unless you give me back recess. Like, that's literally the, the point of this movie, though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's why it frustrates me so much, because you're literally taking something that made the movie so special, but in a lower budget. My God, it's so frustrating to think about. That would be like if they did a SpongeBob movie, like SpongeBob movie four, and it was just about like, oh, SpongeBob, uh, you have to go get uh, Poseidon's crown. It's like, yo, we've done this already. So yeah, the other two episodes, air quotes, was basically about the recess gang finding out this new club that's exclusive for fifth and sixth graders. And the other one was a Halloween episode where Spinelli feels like she's too old to go trick-or-treating. Mm. You know what the problem with these two <laughs> stories are? They're so generic. <laughs> like, bro, they don't have to be part of a special. You can easily mistake them for an episode of the show. Yeah. Basically, post-recess movie, it began to suck. But at the same time, I still love the show. I mean, like I keep saying before, it's unique, charming, it's wholesome, and it really captures that feeling of when you were a kid going through recess during school. Yeah, no, I definitely, I get that vibe from it. And this is the kind of show that would get me interested in maybe going back and watching reruns if I'm ever bored, got nothing else to do, maybe turn on Disney+. Plus. Even though it's clear that this movie is targeted towards kids, even adults can still find some joy out of it. Yeah, I really like how they handled that, especially with, with Prickly, Mage mainly. They kind of went about how there was that level that, that was clearly there for adults as well, which was pretty cool. So do I recommend this movie? Absolutely. In hindsight, it does feel like your average kid's movie. But if you grew up with the show, then you're going to feel for these characters more. Hmm. And that's why I keep watching this movie every summer, because I grew up watching TJ and his friends. So, so of course, I'm going to stay invested with them. <laughs> and yeah, maybe this movie's not for everybody. But in terms of movies that were adapted from TV shows, I'd say it's pretty damn good. It sure seems like, like I, I think this could be ranked alongside the Ed, Ed and Eddie big picture show. And I don't know if I, I would put it with the SpongeBob movie because that was theatrical and everything. But, you know, solid shows are solid movies that build on the foundation that their shows gave them. But what about all you people who are listening right now? What do you think of the Recess movie? Have you watched it as a kid? Have you seen Recess growing up as a kid? Do you think the movie still holds up after 20 years? And are you someone like me who watches it every summer, even though I'm in my early 20s and there's so many other things I could be watching on my streaming services, but hey, don't judge me. 
Nobody will. I mean, I watch way too many geeky cartoon stuff to ever judge someone else for doing that. <laughs> Be sure to continue supporting us on all playable platforms such as Anchor, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. Absolutely, and be sure to join our Discord. Follow us on Instagram if you haven't already, at Geeks Crossing. Both of these links are in the description of this very episode, as always. And more importantly, stay true to your geek selves. This is Principal Eric signing out. (laughs) Yes, sir. (laughs) 